You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Make it 13 consecutive wins for the Atlanta Braves, the longest winning streak in all of baseball and one of the longest in franchise history as they roll right over the Washington Nationals by a 10-4 score on Tuesday night up in our nation's capital. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. This is the Atlanta Braves uh, postcast, the Braves postcast, which is part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta, of course. And we hope you are subscribed already here on the YouTube channel. Enable those alerts so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And all the episodes lately have been pretty darn good, if I say so myself. And we've had a lot of good Braves baseball to talk about. And there's also a lot of that happening over on the Locked On Braves podcast. Make sure to subscribe there wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jake, let's jump right into it here because the Braves certainly jumped into it in the run scoring department yet again. Five more home runs on this night. It just seems like they found a winning formula and they didn't want to change the recipe. Yeah, score a bunch of runs, hit a bunch of homers. That's a great recipe and uh, one that the Braves are are living by right now. And, and it's fun to watch. Again, TCB just taking care of business, doing what they need to do against this competition right now that they are playing. And look, that's all you can ask for. I mean, they can't help the schedule that they have, and they're taking advantage of the schedule that they have, just like we hoped that they would. Right, and there have been times in the schedule already early on in the season in which the Braves did not take care of business. They kind of played down to their opposition, and they did not take advantage of beating the teams that they, quite frankly, should be beating. So, yeah, there's no knocking a 13-game winning streak. That's the kind of thing that doesn't happen too terribly often, and that's what the Braves are currently using to climb back into the National League East race as they had moved to within five games of the Mets, who were idle on Monday, and the Braves. I mean, it's very simple. It's pretty much what you said, Jake. You take care of your own business, and then you can look at the standings and figure out what's happening as time moves forward. But you keep winning baseball games, you're going to tighten things up, and I'm sure the Mets by this point have noticed that the Atlanta Braves have figured out a little bit about how to win with some regularity, which was not the case heading through the end of the month of May. Let's take a look at the line score in this game. It was game number 63 for the Braves, in which they won their 13th straight, the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball this year. Atlanta now 36-27, and 27, 10 runs, 13 hits, no errors, and eight men left aboard. Nationals dropped to 23-41, and 41, four runs, seven hits, no errors, and four men left aboard for them. Max Freed, it was kind of a, a tale of two starts for him. He started out pretty crisp and ran into a little bit of trouble in the middle of his start and then, of course, was able to pitch into the sixth inning and pick up the win. He's 7-2 and two now. Uh, Jackson Tatro takes the loss in his major league debut. He drops to 0-1. Jackson Stevens earns the save by throwing the final three innings. So despite the six-run advantage for the Braves, a save was credited there. The game lasted three hours and 14 minutes, 24490 paid to see it. And for the Braves, I guess the uh, Nationals faithful, which I think included more than a smattering of Atlanta fans up there, got to watch four, excuse me, five more home runs in this game. Dansby Swanson, his ninth, Travis Darno, his eighth, Marcelo Zuna, his 12th, Orlando Arcia, his second, and Michael Harris, the second, with home run, the second of his major league career. And the back-to-back home runs, Jake, two more sets of those, three consecutive days for the Braves with back-to-back home runs, and a two-for-Tuesday up there in Washington. What's not to like about the slugging Atlanta Braves? Yeah, what I like about it is that everybody contributing. You mentioned it last night, you know, home runs all from different players. Again, five home runs tonight, all from different guys in the lineup, just showing you the length of that lineup and how dangerous it can be top to bottom. I mean, you you take out a guy like Ozzie Owies, who, again, you know, you can't replace, but 
you do right. replace him with a guy like Orlando Arcia, and he turns on a ball and just absolutely mashes it out to left field. So, I mean, this is, they talked about it all throughout the broadcast during the game. It is a dangerous lineup top to bottom right now when it's clicking. You know, it wasn't earlier in the year, but now everybody, you know, we talked about it at that point. Everybody was slumping at that time, and that's right. just unusual. And now everybody is heating up at the same time. And you have a night where Ron Acuna Jr. doesn't get a hit. Austin Riley doesn't get a hit, and you still put up 10 runs. So that's what I like most about what the Braves have done in these past two games. It's just, you know, everybody contributing, doing their part up and down the order to put these runs on the board. Yeah, looking at this Braves box score real quick, the top four men in the order were two for 17. The bottom five men in the order went 11 for 22 and were able to drive in a whole bunch of runs, hit a whole bunch of homers, and give the Braves more than enough offense to stand up uh, behind Max Freed. We'll talk about Max's start in just a moment and, of course, a lot more about the Braves offense. First, though, want to tell you about Blue Nile and to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code locked on. That is code locked on. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. As for the Braves, they found a win behind Max Freed, who was, if you'll pardon the pun, pitching a gym, but then he had to sit around for quite a while as Atlanta scored a bunch of runs in the third inning. Some ups and downs in this start, Jake. Five and two-thirds, six hits, and one walk. That's obviously not bad over the course of nearly six innings, but the four earned runs for him as he ran into some trouble and uh, six strikeouts for him on the day. And a couple of plays that were not made behind Max Freed, particularly by Matt Olson. I don't want to dwell on this too much because it's a night in which the Braves did win handily walking away, but I think it made Max's night a little bit more stressful on top of getting hit by a line drive in the foot. This was just one of those nights for Max Freed that I'm sure he's going to reflect upon and roll his eyes and then want to move on to the next one. Yeah, and that that one walk that he had, it was after that long top half of the third inning. So, you know, and Max, Max has to be better than that. He's the ace and he knows better, but still, you know, that comes into play when you sit down for that long. And then he had the guy picked off and was going to erase it, and Matt Olson just couldn't hang on to the ball at first base, had the runner leaning there. So that's a big play there. You know, then you get the bloop hit later in the inning. You know, just some soft contact here and there. Next thing you know, giving up three runs in the inning. And then the sixth inning, you know, Matt Olson doesn't make a good throw over to first and really kind of a dangerous play again for Max Freed, who, like you said, had already taken one off the leg in that game. Hopefully the rest of the Braves players get out of Washington safely in this series. But, uh, you know, play wasn't made there. Another run comes around to score. It makes Max Freed's final line look worse than it it really should have been. I mean, and with how many pitches he threw in those first three innings, you know, it was kind of, you know, really big that he was going to potentially get through six yep. innings and save some of the bullpen, you know, if not for that play, which got overturned at first base. So, uh, yeah, not Max Reed's best start, and I know you know he'll tell you that, but you had a big lead. I think it was more frustrating for him knowing that the Braves just gave him those runs, and what did he come out and do? Walk the first batter. You could just tell he was kind of frustrated after that. You know, Then he had the blue pits and all that uh, led to all those runs. So, again, not his best start, but still went out there, gave the Braves five and two-thirds, You know, hung around, got the win. The Braves had a big lead, so you know some of those runs are kind of just meaningless in the grand scheme of things, but – uh, yeah, I mean, Max Freed, getting it done, getting wins, going deep into ball games, and that's what he does. Yep, that is what he has done just about every time he has taken the ball here in 2022. He wins for the seventh time on the year. That ties, ties him with Kyle Wright for the most on the staff, and I believe a share of the National League wins lead as well. So for Max Freed, 
he was able to get the job done in that regard. The Braves bullpen got it done behind him. Darren O'Day got him out of trouble in the sixth inning. Jackson Stevens covered the final three frames and picked up that save. He's been a nice addition to this Braves bullpen. I know there's a lot of different things we're going to be talking about and still have to get to in this episode of the Braves postcast. But I just, you know, when you are putting together a bullpen and you're looking for different guys to contribute in different ways, I think Jackson Stevens has played a very pivotal role for the Braves to be the guy that can cover multiple innings. And even when you need him to just come in and maybe cover a couple of three batters and get a strikeout, He's shown the ability to do that. The Braves found themselves kind of a diamond in the rough by unearthing Jackson Stevens and putting him out in their bullpen. Yeah, we talked about Dylan Lee last night, right? And the job that he came in pitching, you know, two plus innings and Jackson Steven comes in and you know, Brian Snicker doesn't want to have to use more guys out of that bullpen than he has to win a big game like this when the Braves have a big lead. And for Stevens to be able to come in, pitch three innings and just not really worry about anything, not really have any trouble where you got to get other guys up. Uh, that's massive because even just getting guys up in the bullpen can sometimes wear on them and tax on them and Snicker not having to worry about that at all. And Steven's just giving three solid innings to shut the game down and close it out. Uh, that's massive. I mean, that that's something that's going to go unnoticed over 162, but in the grand scheme of things in this small sample size here, uh, that's big for him to be able to just breeze through those final three innings and not be anything stressful that you have to worry about getting anybody else for. You know, that could lead to another win here over the next couple of games or so. Yeah, it'd be great to see. And, and as far as bullpen management goes, it is an inexact science. It's difficult to know, you know, who's available, who's not available, who you're trying to stay away from. No manager's going to announce that kind of thing. You can do some simple math and look at the usage of different arms at different times, but it is a big deal to be able to get away from Kenley Jansen and A.J. Minter and some of those arms and be able to lean on Jackson Stevens to close out a game that the Braves led handily, and as it turns out, win handily as well. Now, let me ask you a rhetorical question, Jake, but feel free to answer anyway. Do you like home runs? Uh, they're, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of them here lately, and in fact, I'm going to give you some Braves home run stats because we've got a lot of those to go through from this game, from this series, from the month of June, and from the 2022 season. The Braves home run barrage continued with five more home runs in this game. They now lead uh, Major League Baseball in home runs this month with 32 they have led the National League and do lead the National League with 94 home runs, second only to the Yankees here in 2022. And in the midst of that, uh, we find a couple of guys that I think are, are quite the pairing, and that would be Travis Darno, who went deep again among his three hits on Tuesday night. He has teamed up with my man, Wild Bill Contreras, and that duo has 17 home runs and 45 runs knocked in. That's the production Atlanta's getting from its catchers. Now you look up and down the lineup, you see Marcelo Zuna, Adam Duvall both heating up. Dansby Swanson's been on fire. Austin Riley has come back to life throughout this winning streak. And, of course, you've got Ronald Acuna Jr. back. This is a lineup that has pretty much everything clicking and then some, but the Braves catchers, could you have possibly expected over the course of the season that you were going to get this kind of production out of these guys? Um, yeah, I mean, not no, you, you couldn't, especially not from William Contreras, who I didn't even know, you know if he was going to get any at-bats. Right. Now, you know, Manny Pena, he has some home run pop. He doesn't hit for average, but he will run into, you know, 10 or so a year if he gets enough opportunities. And Darno's been a good offensive player over his, over his career. But, yeah, 17 home runs already from your catching tandem. I mean, uh, that is that is unbelievable. And he was listening to Travis Darno after the game and, and just talking about, you know, he and Contreras and uh, what they're doing and how they have fun with it. Uh, it's really been a great, great duo right there behind the plate for the Braves, who – you know, oh, by the way, have been pretty good at putting together catchers, you know, over mm -hmm. the last five or seven years. You go back to Flowers, Suzuki days, they brought in McCann 
for a year there. I mean, they've put together some good catching tandems over the last five or seven seasons. They've been really good at that. But uh, what what Travis and Contreras are doing right now is pretty incredible. Yeah, it absolutely is. Just one of the many things going right for the Braves amidst this winning streak has been the continued surge of power for this club. We talked a whole lot about solo home runs. The Braves are hitting runs, or hitting, excuse me, home runs with guys on base now. They're piling up runs. They're hitting all these back-to-back home runs. First time in franchise history, or at least since 1961, the expansion era that the Braves have hit back-to-back home runs in three consecutive days. They did it twice on Tuesday in Washington. Just another incredible power output for them. And in the midst of all this is Marcelo Zuna, a guy we said needs to pick it up, needs to start producing. He's homered in three consecutive games. And much like Adam Duvall, who appears to have gone in and, and really kind of not just revamped his swing, but found maybe the little change to make in terms of the angle in which he's launching the ball. And maybe Marcelo Zuna and Adam Duvall have both been attending that study hall because they're both putting some pretty good swings on the ball lately. And that is a welcome sight for Braves fans and of course for the Atlanta Braves lineup because these were two guys that Atlanta needed to get going yeah and for Ozuna it you know usually in 2020 you know he was just turning on inside fastballs and crushing everything it seems like here lately and he's been getting to those balls but even more so it's the pitch down over the middle um, that he's really been getting to a pitch that you know, I think it's given him trouble in the past because he does open up his front side so much, but he's been able to stay back on those balls and just absolutely hammer them out to left field. So, you know, he he has a quick bat and very quick hands. He's going to be able to turn on those balls, but just absolutely mashing them. And yeah, we you mentioned Duvall, who, you know, just continues to, to get better and better uh, as the season goes on. And that's great to see as well. And again, I think part of that, and we've touched on it, is him just being able to settle into the corner outfield position and not have the press pressure and stress of playing in center field, which is a more physically demanding position. So I think that has a little bit to do with it. And he's just not counted on as much in the lineup right now. You know, he's able to just sit down there in the bottom of the lineup and play his game. So again, this lineup just top to bottom, really just getting it done. Yep, they absolutely have. And speaking of the bottom of the order, we save perhaps the best for last on a night like this. And it was Orlando Arcia checking in for Ozzy Albies, who was placed on the 60-day injured list with that fractured left foot. We're not going to see Ozzy, obviously, for a couple of months with that move now official. Phil Gosselin was called up from AAA Gwinnett, but he's a guy that's more of an infield depth piece. This is going to be Orlando Arcia's opportunity to shine right now, and he's done so in limited playing time with the Braves and will now have a, the chance to play on a regular basis for the first time since his Milwaukee Brewers days. And another home run, a couple of more hits for him, two RBIs, two runs knocked in. And then your ninth-place hitter is Michael Harrison, second, who homered for the second consecutive day. He's batting over 300. He's OPSing close to 850. This is a kid that's putting it all together, and one of the big reasons why this Braves is rolling, piling up all these home runs, all these runs, and of course, all those runs have turned into 13 consecutive wins for the Atlanta Braves, their longest streak since 2013 when they won 14 games in a row, and that's what they're going to be gunning for as they go to our as they wrap up this series in Washington and they go to Spencer Strider to close things out in game three. We'll get to that preview in just a moment, but I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Here's what you do. You go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. You'll find the amazing selection and reliably low prices. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. All the parts your car or truck will ever need can be found at rockauto.com. Game three against the Nationals on Wednesday night. Spencer Strider, 2-2, two and 2.33 2. the ERA as he makes start number four. Eric Fetty on the mound for the Nationals. 
four and four with a four eight seven. We've talked about Spencer Strider and this opportunity he has to lock down this fifth spot in rotation. Coming off his best start as a big leaguer, Jake, what are you looking for out of him? Yeah, looking for that continued control. We've seen Ian Anderson and Max Freed struggle with control at times in Washington these last two games. Looking for Strider to hopefully command the zone like he did much better in his last start opposed to the one before that where he walked five batters. So uh, that's the big thing for me with Strider. I, I feel like his stuff has proven it's good enough to get hitters out. It's how long can he be effective in those games with that velocity, which again, last time out, fifth, sixth inning, it was still 95, 96, 97. So I think he's starting to prove that. So the only thing I worry about with him now is control, command, efficiency. Can he keep the pitch count down enough so that he can go five or six innings in a game? But that's what I'm looking for for him in, in this game on Wednesday. Five and two-thirds innings of shutout ball his last time out. That was his first start at home at Truist Park, so he's going to be making his third start on the road. Only one walk last time out, eight strikeouts for him, and as Jake mentioned, the velocity does carry. It may not be 100 or 101 in the fifth or sixth inning, but 96-97 is still a lot to work with, and his slider has been dynamic, and I think his changeup has also been a big reason why Spencer Strider is succeeding in this role as the Braves' fifth starter thus far, and another opportunity on Wednesday night as Strider will face Eric Fetty of the Nationals First pitch is set for 7.05 p.m. Eastern time at Nationals Park. The Braves will go for a sweep, and they go for 14 in a row as well. They have the longest winning streak in baseball and looking to keep it going as they close out this series against the Nationals and then will move on to continue their road trip in Chicago. Thanks again for joining us here on the Braves Postcast. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. Make sure that you are subscribed to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you joining us and being along for the ride all season long and especially throughout this winning streak as the Braves win again on Tuesday. 10-4 to 4 was the final score. Once again, for Jake, I am Grant, and we will catch you soon, hopefully, after another Braves win. Until then, so long, everyone.